time to go big or go home with the division manager of primary residential mortgage in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Now, here's the entrepreneur and mortgage extraordinaire himself, James Harper. What would your mama say? Go big or go home. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to uh, this week's podcast of Go Big or Go Home. We are coming to you from the secret headquarters in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and uh, really excited about today's conversation with our special guest, uh, Tommy Davidson. And we'll get into uh, him and what his background is, is in in a few minutes. But I'm James Harper, and my goal today is to make a difference in your life in some way, shape, or form by what you're about to hear, about to listen to. I want you to sit back and uh, open your mind up for the next 45 minutes and think bigger things for yourself and help get you into that right state of mind today. I definitely want to uh, bring in this special guest, and I want, and hopefully he'll help you think out of the box a little bit as well. Uh, he's got a lot of great stories, uh, a lot of good inspiration, and uh, I can tell you, this gentleman's probably seen a, uh, everything in his life, uh, plus some, and maybe sometimes even twice. Uh, but without further delay, let's dive right into the good stuff. I want to introduce Tommy Davidson, otherwise known as the infamous GTT, Good Time Tommy. So welcome to the show. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure. Look forward to um, sharing my information, my story, and... My life changed from a radio show, February 2nd, 2013. It's the first time I ever heard Grant Cardone, and it, we, we may get into that later on, but I do believe that uh, one radio show can change your life, so it's really cool that you're doing this. Hopefully, one person hears my story, and it does inspire them. Yeah, and that's uh, definitely what we want to to have all of our listeners uh, help understand and help learn because I believe that everyone in this life uh, deserves a fair shot at being happy. And there are so many people in this world that go day in and day out to their job or to their career and are just miserable. And uh, you see it every day in the business I'm in, I'm sure in the business that you're in, and uh, man, there's there's a lot better things out there. And sometimes people just have a fear of taking a jump, taking a leap of faith. What do you think about that, Tommy? Oh, I was uh, chicken shit most of my life. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. It just, I. Um, it's go big or go home. Well, um, I was I grew up single mom and a grandmother. My grandmother really taught me how to be scared of everything. Like airplanes are falling out of the sky. Women are bad news. I grew up around a lot of fear. So anytime anytime it was time for me to make a decision, fear dominated that decision. I think most people really struggle with making any decision, and fear smothers their decision. Yeah, so how did you uh, – let's kind of back up a little bit. How did the uh, name Good Time Tommy come about? I think that's got a little special story in itself. So let's let's hear about what that is. Well, it actually started a long time ago. How the name started was when I would get real drunk down on Broadway. <laughs> I changed into this dude that nobody liked except myself. Mm. I was pissing everybody off. When Good Time Tommy showed up, collar went out. 
I would uh I just got really wild, but that's not the that's not the purpose of today's version of Good Time Tommy. That's that is what my friends used to call me when I would get real wild, but that's completely different than the meaning today. So what is the meaning today? Oh uh well I'm forty six years old and for the first thirty five to thirty eight years of my life there was something that I wanted to become, but I really did not have the self belief. I didn't have the I didn't have the confidence. I was ruled by fear, but there was always this better version of myself that I knew that was out there, and I never could become that person until one day I created it. I wrote down on a sheet of paper. I said, "This is what I want to become. I want to be bold. I want to be confident. I want to be energetic. I want people to want more of my time." I wrote down all these things that I wanted to become, and I was kind of like Clark Clark Kent turning into Superman. So my version of Good Time Tommy today is not about some drunk dude stumbling around. It's about helping other people see that we all have a hero within. Well, that's good. That's good. And I think that uh, um, you said that uh, very clearly that we, you wanted a better version of yourself. You wanted I wanted something... this badass version of me. I would look. At, I, I had this vision like this dude's bad. He's a bad dude. He's a cool dude. So... You grew up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and um, what was life like when you were younger? What what and what what did you do uh, growing up that made you just wake up one day and say, you know, I'm going to do something different. I think I'm going to be something different, and I'm going to be different than the norm. Or was there always this self doubt as you were growing up that uh, you didn't think you could achieve what some of the successes you've had today? I wouldn't say the self-doubt was there yet. I think as we grow older, life beats you down. Mm-hmm. Early in my life, my mom was my hero. She really went out of her way to expose me to higher-level people in the town, even though it was just me and her. So she kind of networked me in to higher-level entrepreneurs in the town just so I could see what they were like. I didn't even know at the time that's what she was doing. She told me later in life, I want you to. Be, I wanted you to be around those people so you could see for yourself you can have a better life. Ooh, that's important. That's important uh, to all our listeners out there. Um, and it's all about surrounding yourself with people of like minds or actually people that are better than you in whatever capacity that is. It could be um, uh, singing in a choir and you surround yourself with better singers. It could be um, investors that have achieved a high level of success in the stock market, and you're an entry-level investor yourself. It could be in whatever capacity that is. The key is that you're surrounding yourself around people or or, uh, uh, social groups that are better than, than what you're currently at in your state. You start surrounding yourself with all the negativity and people that are doing less than you, you're never going to motivate yourself to move forward. Um, so so how did you get into real estate? So for the listeners out there, Tommy uh, has a very successful uh, real estate team called Good Time Tommy Homes or GTT Homes. And um, he started this back in 2003, correct? Right. Uh, but developed this team back in 2013 uh, as far as the GTT homes. Uh, so tell us a little bit how that evolved in were you 
did you start out just saying, hey, I'm going to be in the real estate market and I really love this and this is going to be my passion in life? I know uh, I got into the mortgage business and I've been in it 12 years and never had a clue that that's what I was going to do because I'm actually an engineer by degree. And people think, how did you get into this occupation when you ha- when you have an engineering degree? So I evolved over my uh, my career into this. I didn't wake up one day thinking I was going to be in what I'm in. No, I wanted to be something a lot cooler than this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I grew up watching um, – you know, TV shows or movies in the 80s. Wall Street was my favorite movie. Bud Fox, I thought that was a bad dude. I thought he was awesome. I want to be Bud Fox. So I was a very, very unsuccessful stockbroker. I went from one place for six to eight months, then jumped around to other places. It never worked out for me. But in my town, John Jones, who's always been one of my heroes, he started the first real estate team in Murfreesboro, and he was one of the few people that I actually knew with money. So uh, I would call on John to try to get him to buy some investment products, and he knew I sucked, and he finally just said, hey, won't you come work for me? That was probably late 2002, 2003, the beginning of the year. After pretty much flunking out of every firm possible, I decided I'm going to try real estate, although my mom had been in the business for probably 10 years So there was comfort there through college. I was an electrician and we did a lot of, we only did residential homes. So I was exposed to new construction at, at, you know, through college. So real estate was my fallback option. It was not something I really wanted to be. And so how did that start out? How did, how did you, uh, shitty, real shitty. I was terrible. For how long? For how long? Well, till um, 2013. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we've, um, over the years, I've I've grown the team, and now I've got somebody that's really helped manage the team. And now I want to track everything. Before I didn't yeah. care. I tracked about how many times I could get drunk early on in my career. Now I want to know everything. So mm-hmm. the first ten years of my real estate career, we I never crossed over one hundred thousand dollars. So you weren't serious about it. No, I mean, still made a decent no, living. I was serious about having fun. Yeah, still made a decent living. Did what you had to do. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was probably jumping from seventy-five to ninety-four thousand dollars. You know, not taking it serious. It wasn't until I hired a coach that all this changed for me. Well, you know, don't get me wrong to all the listeners out there. I mean, seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars a year is still a good uh, living. But what Tommy is really saying here is that. He had a higher expectation of himself, and he knew even making it seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars a year that that was not near his potential of what he could make. At uh, the time, I didn't even know. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, my, my 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 whole focus is one day I want to get to a hundred thousand dollars, and I thought that was it. But there was no training, there was no skill development, there was really nothing inside of me that was moving towards that goal. It was just what the market would give me. And I didn't know any better. Yeah. So, so what do you think uh, really turned the corner for you uh, to make you wake up one day and say, <laughs> I, "I do want to do something different"? Well, this we can this... go into some deep stuff about that. Whoa, whoa, uh, yeah. When I was thirty-five years old, I went through a horrible breakup. Went to jail. Over, I hit a door, and the girlfriend called the cops, and they came there. I went to jail. So, mm-hmm. never been to jail before, and. Um, I was scared to death, and um, I didn't sell anything for five months. Had to move in with my mama. 
35 years old. That's a wake-up call. Moving in with my mama. It was, at the time, the worst thing I thought I could ever go through. But over the next five years, I lived with her for five years. That's when my transformation, it really started throughout that time. Also during this time was the was the Great Recession, 2009. I mean, that was a terrible year. And um, I had to – I think once you get past 25 years old, you got to learn pain, painful lessons. Yeah, I had a similar experience myself. My mother, uh, I was uh, working a job I could not stand. I was an engineering manager for a company and uh, was trying to break out of that industry for some time. And and uh, so I was kind of living close to her home, and I was living in this little cracker box apartment. Uh, Dude, walk- you weren't living with her, though. Well, I'm not there Imagine yet. Imagine sneaking girls no, in the no, house no, 35 no, years I'm, old. I'm not there yet. So I would go back uh, and try to uh, – live with her because it was comfortable mm-hmm. you know i would get a home-cooked meal every night and i remember my mom waking me up one night and she says uh, son i've already raised you uh it's time to go it's time to go i don't need you you're welcome to you know come back and visit but you're you're not going to live here half time or even full time mm-hmm. um it's time for you to uh to go well the, and i this- talk about a wake-up call yeah, well, this 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 is something I'm very very. This is what I hope somebody out there they're listening because they're going through a tough time and they're wanting to hear more of this kind of stuff. And this this is where I get very very uh, convicted about things. Thirty five years old, living with my mom. You're asking me what was that catalyst, that thunderbolt, that aha moment? It was February the second, two thousand and thirteen. I've been living with my mom for maybe three, going on four years. I was. Uh, Coach Burt is one of my best friends, and on yes. Sundays, he would uh, have uh, radio shows just like this right here. And uh, his guest that day was Grant Cardone. February 2nd, 2013, 1.38, he made, <laughs> he made a statement and made me ball. I started bawling. Cardone said, success is your duty, your obligation. If you can't do it for you, do it for your mom. Do it for your dad. Do it for your family. And I thought about how proud is my mama of me right now, living with her, getting by. And I just cried. And it gave me the motivation. I wouldn't say the motivation. I don't believe in motivation. But it gave me that internal drive. You know what? I'm a selfish guy. And because I'm selfish, doing it for me wasn't enough. Doing it for her was what I really needed to hear. So I really, I've really been on a mission to not let my mama down. You know, I get really emotional on thinking about that, but I want my mom to be proud of me. And uh, one night we had a big fight, and she's like, man, you're almost 40 years old. It's time for you to go, just like what your mama said. She <laughs> said, right. hey, you're, you're 40 years old. You need to get on with your life. Well, it's what our podcast says. Do what your mama said. Go big or go home. My mama said, get out of the damn house. That's right. That's right. So uh, so, um, so you've had this this growth and success, and, man, I'll tell you what, you're knocking out of the park. Uh, last month, how many closings did your team have last month? 25. I think we probably closed around $8 million. I That's think. awesome. Yeah, that is you. fantastic. I appreciate that. And uh, what about the month before? Mm, wasn't that big. Didn't get my attention like – Eight million did, but sure. I mean, on the year we'll we'll do forty million. I would and that's say awesome. in, in about one hundred and sixty transactions. 
And what's next in your in in what's next for Good Time Tommy? What, what's on the horizon uh, coming up for you in the future in the next two to we, three years? You were talking about exposure and getting around people, and I I see people out there that are doing things so much bigger than me. It inspires me. Gary yeah. Ashton, yeah, an yeah. agent here in town. 1,500 transactions. If he's doing that, why can't I get to 500 transactions? I write down seven goals every single day in the morning. Then I come back and write them down later in the evening. And I want to I want to sell 500 homes. I want to have a beach house on 30A. I want to have $50 million in real estate assets. These aren't things I was thinking five years ago. I didn't even think it was possible. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Tommy and I both are a part of the same coaching program, Coach Michael Burt. Um, who is a national coach, um, and I'm sure when you met him, he was not anywhere close to that, but he has really evolved over. So we're giving kind of a shameless plug well, here let me for tell you, uh, Coach I was his, Michael Burt. I was uh, Coach's buddy when he was coaching high school basketball, and I was the first ever monster producer. So I take pride in that. You know, um, I remember me and him drawing up how this was going to go, and – We've kind of grown up together. He's grown up a lot more than I have, but uh, it's been very special for me to be a part of this. And I know he feels very much responsible for what's happened with my life. Well, sure, sure. And and the reason why I'm bringing up Coach Michael Bird is because his belief is everybody needs a coach in life. And sometimes, uh, uh, well, I've actually got two coaches in my life. And I think that it's very important that you have an accountability partner, whether that's a coach, whether that's a family member, whether that's a, a, a friend, um, whatever that is that helps, you know, hold you accountable, helps coach you in life, helps coach you in business. And so Coach Michael Burt um, has really uh, changed both of our lives in different ways. And uh, what's interesting about uh, what he promotes is is uh, is is basically taking uh, be on the offensive versus the defensive, and uh, I think a lot of times as you go through life, uh, you uh, in your in your job and your career, uh, we as human beings we wake up on the defensive side of uh, of the game most of the time, and it's not about the offensive. And offensive, if you're in any kind of sport, that's how you score. Mm-hmm. And um, and so one of the things, one of the many things that Coach uh, Michael Bird has taught me is to start my day on the offense, not the defense. What's your thoughts on that, Tommy? Well, I'm a lazy dude. Me too. <laughs> I battle being lazy. One morning, me and Coach were at Cracker Barrel, and he said, wouldn't it be great if there was a concept where more people were chasing you than you chasing them? And he was drawing this out, this little outline. And by the end of our breakfast, it was this concept called person of interest. It was the first time something was codified, especially for me, because I didn't really like coming in the office and being on offense. I didn't like, I didn't like coming in. I didn't like, I mean, I don't like to do that. I would, I'm a narcissist. I'm an only child. I'm probably not a narcissist. I just say it, but I I would much (laughs) rather people approach me and say, Hey, I want to do business with you. So he, he put these frameworks in place in person of interest that completely, that's the one thing that was the first thing that changed my life was his concept called person of interest. I love it. And I went on, I, I really got very focused on, on self development and getting better, developing my skills and, 
that has probably been the best that's been the best decision I've ever made because I didn't like coming in there and just working harder. That I, I just felt like there had to be a better way for me. Yeah, and so you know, when we talk about offense versus defense and what we're really referring to there or what I'm referring to there is waking up uh, each and every day with a plan. Going into the office in in or your job of employment and not uh trying to wait for things to come to you you come in there with a plan of attack and um, a lot of times we as humans work uh, by looking in the rearview mirror instead of uh, looking forward so let's talk about what uh, let's, let's, let's kind of jump horses a little bit and uh, what's your biggest fear Fly, flying outside of flying what's your biggest fear uh, that uh, I know one of mine is uh, sometimes I still fear that I'm going to wake up one day and it's all going to be gone. And and I don't know if that's a negative thing as much as it, it keeps me inspired to mm-hmm. always want to stay ahead of the curve and do something and, and think out of the box so that I'm never staying stagnant. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any challenges there anymore. Um, my my biggest fears are flying or having a heart attack. I mean, it's crazy thoughts. <laughs> my dad died of a heart attack at thirty years, thirty eight years old. So at one time, if you were to go back five years ago, what were my biggest uh, fears? Let me tell you this: fear is is a muscle that you can work on and it grows. And I over the last five years. I remember, like I said, my goal at one time was to make $100,000 a year. Now my expenses are about $27,000 a month. I mean, now I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really just not afraid to try things because there's, there is something worse than not making – there is something worse than, than failure, and that is not making a decision. Every time I, I try something and it doesn't work, I look at it not like a failure, but I learn something. So even when things don't work, they eventually come back to where I can fix them, and they do work. But not doing something would be something that I would be scared of. I, 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 I agree with you. I'm, I'm always challenging myself. I um, – I don't, I, you know, what I probably need to be fearful of right now is I'm probably a little, I might be reckless because everything I've done over the last five years has worked better. And I know that could be like what Matt Monero says, that could be a false positive because we're in a real estate market right now that really just gives you things instead of you earning them. So what I really need to be fearful of is probably arrogance. Mm, mm, very good. Very good. So what is, uh, you know, I, I talk about um, well. We always talk about on our show, and and we will probably for however long we have this podcast, which is hopefully a long time. Um, we know that it always isn't easy for anyone. If you look at a lot of the entrepreneurs out there today, they have all fallen down or failed uh, sometimes once, twice, many times, and so. A lot of listeners out there today have probably failed in some magnitude, whether they wanted to start a mom-and-pop uh, food uh, cater business to a shoe store or, or maybe a multi-level marketing platform or anything of the like. And maybe it didn't go so good, and they just said, man, I failed. I, I don't want to uh, try anything like that again that gives me that feeling. What do you say to, to to people that have failed that don't want to take another leap of faith and try to jump into something else? 
I would take them back to why they failed the first time. They probably didn't do enough action. Anytime I'm not making enough money or if things aren't working for me, I can trace it back to I didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I would talk to them, and I would bring them back and ask them, did you really, really, really do enough? Did you do more than you needed? And I I think the biggest cause for failure is people just didn't really do enough. They didn't try hard enough. They didn't take enough action. If uh, if that doesn't do the trick, you know, we're, we're really, most people, we redo our past over and over and over. And so at some Repeated point, patterns. you, you got to somehow get exposure to where that probably won't happen again, you know? Yeah, I think one of the stories I always like to share about growing up is my mother, who I love dearly and, and still a big part of my life, and, and this isn't anything I wouldn't tell her today. But I mean, uh, you know, she grew up in a poor man's mentality state of mind. And uh, I was the first uh, uh, family member in my entire extended family to graduate from college. So that was like totally bizarre mm-hmm. back then that go get a good job. I could I could have go to college, get a good job, save yeah, your money. But I could have easily fallen into that same mold of my entire family and, and not gone to college had and could have stayed in that poor man's mentality. And uh, I think we get, I think, like you said, everybody's got their stuff going on in their life. I mean, every, every family, every individual has stuff going on in their life. And what do we do at some point to break that mold so we do not have repeated patterns? Well, I think, I think it begins with some type of mentorship. For me, it was a coaching program mm-hmm. where I finally got around one person, Coach Burt, and he exposed me to things, and I saw. By the way, it. we're going to have him on here in about a couple, really a couple months. Yeah. Tell him I was bragging about it. I will. I, I just will. hung I up on. I just hung up with him. So. <laughs> well, we're excited to have him on and uh, share share about how he got started as well. And I mean, he's definitely gone through a lot of trials and tribulations, and and uh, is very successful at this point, and got big things going on. Uh, so, uh, what motivates you? I know you don't like that word, but what what makes you get up each and every day? You have this, so you have this real estate team that's uh, growing by leaps and bounds. You want to be the number one uh, real estate team or uh, uh, individual in in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, you're 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 fast tracking to do that. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And it feels like it's taking forever. I know, and I, there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that you will uh, you will get there, my friend. So. You know, you just mentioned something about being a person of interest. Mm-hmm. You've done a very good job, uh, in my opinion. Uh, if you have not um, followed Tommy or Good Time Tommy, it's Good Time Tommy on Facebook and Instagram. There's another plug for you. Thank you. Um, I, need, him. I need all your your people to come over yeah. there and follow me. Because listen, Unless they get if you if you were to tune in, uh, it's every morning. What about eight thirty? Eight thirty. Eight thirty. We okay. start at eight thirty, or I will throw a fit. And listen, Tommy. About 99% of the time, well, maybe a little less than that, he don't even talk about real estate. It no. might be talking about football picks. It might be talking about uh, his his lovely bride um, that just got married this year. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Brittany Renee. And uh, so he talks a little bit about everything related to life, uh, sales mastery. Um, uh, you're doing some uh, sales training on Saturdays. So you're yeah. doing you're doing yeah. a little bit of everything when it comes to trying to be a person of interest that will ultimately 
help grow his real estate business. But if you wanted to know why do I do all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, the reason why I do all of it is because I like to help other people. You know, I I mean, I I feel the best about me whenever I'm around somebody and I influence them to do better or because I help them do this, it'll help them, they accomplish more. So I grew up uh, and, you know, I was a high school football player and I love team concept. I have, I've never found the gratitude doing something alone as whenever I do it with other people. And I, I love the idea of developing people on my team to where we become the top team in, in Murfreesboro. And, and I really, I, as the leader of the team, I never look at it like they work for me. I look at it like I work for them and my job is to help them to get to another level. So what I, what I really want to accomplish is I want to help these people that believe in me. You know, I'm, I, I can be really sensitive. I can get turned off pretty easy for the people that don't believe in what I'm doing. And it's very important to me to be surrounded with people that mm-hmm. believe in me. Mm-hmm. And if those people believe in me, it's my duty, it's my obligation to help them to get to another level. So is that your calling, would you say? That's your calling in life. What I What is think, your calling in life? I think that um, I'm a guy that was never taken very serious. A lot of people doubted me. I doubted myself, and I'm proof that midway through life you can turn things around, and you can still – there's still time to become great. And I, I really think my story – you know, people here, if I've done $40 million in production this year, you know, that's there's a lot of people around that, that – that do that and maybe like in an air not in my town or like in i think i'm probably in the top 40 or 50 of all of 10,000 agents in in middle tennessee so there's there's a lot of people doing that though there's 40 or 50 people doing that but how many of them live with their mama how many of them have my story so my past (laughs) is what makes me unique so if i'm just going around saying i've done this it doesn't sound as good unless i say look hey five years ago i will i hit a hundred thousand dollars for the first time and since then my number has gone up 500 percent that's what i'm the most proud of is where i was and where i am now yeah and i think that's really what my calling is and especially for this show um is there are man there are a bunch of podcasts out there that talk about uh, how to train you to do this how to train you to do that and don't get me wrong there are definitely uh there's definitely a need for that in everyone's life but i think what where our niche is or where it will be is how can we we share the stories of others that have not had this easy path have always had the same things going on that uh, everybody does in their life with with the trials and tribulations and how they've been able to bounce back or bounce forward and do something different that totally changes the outcome of what their calling is or what they felt like uh, they were supposed to do their whole life go to go to high, go to college get a job retire and, and you die. <laughs> Well, you know, I think all those things, like I said earlier, it's like a muscle. Believing in yourself is like a muscle. Maybe today you don't really believe in yourself, but today you do something that helps you believe a little bit more, and you keep doing this. And over six months, you've done this every single day. The next thing you know about yourself is you're starting to believe in yourself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. If you do this for three years, you're going to be a completely different person. So I think – what people really need to focus on, they need information, they need training, they do need to be in a coaching program. But if there was one magical ingredient that I could put in somebody is self-belief. I didn't have it. 
and over time I have built it. Uh, okay, so but how did you get it? If somebody is listening right now, how did you get? I got that curious. Well, I went to jail drunk one night. <laughs> that started it. Moving <laughs> that, with my mom. That, that's a wake up call. Actually, <laughs> actually hitting rock bottom and saying, you know what? I it's it's all my fault. I've got to fix this. What do I do? And it's a slow journey. Damn, it was a slow journey. It took five years to shape this you know it's every single day you're getting a little bit better but the day you stop trying you lose big chunks so you've got to commit i mean you have got to commit to that best version of yourself and you've got to do things every single day that are reaching that target and if you give up on that you gave up on that goal that you had yeah i say that all the time if if you especially like in the mortgage business if uh, i was going to use that as an example if you just wake up thinking you're going to do really well in the mortgage business, you're crazy. Uh, same thing in real estate, actually. But if you don't do something every day, even though it might not directly relate to bottom line revenue, mm-hmm. you're 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 missing out on an opportunity. You're missing out because uh, uh, if if you do something every day, that every day turns into a habit, and that habit turns into success on on whatever you want to try to do. Um, so. Uh, we t- we talked about what's next for you. Um, any other any other big plans for for Tommy Davidson? What you know you've got uh, you've got your your Facebook live show. Everything what, I've got. What's the next big thing? The next big good thing time, is, to, is to to make it bigger. You you mentioned something earlier that you're you're impatient with where you are right now. I think that's a big thing. Mm. I think uh, any any entrepreneur when they see the vision so far ahead not even an entrepreneur this is just a visionary in general but if you see this vision ahead of where you want to get to and you and it's taking so long to get there that can cause impatience and frustration man i'm the most impatient person i'm i'm frustrated every day me and coach joke about it all the time <laughs> but uh it's the process and what, what what keeps you calm and more patient? In is that is that a coach? Is that somebody just to listen? There's your, a special. Your, your wife? There's a my 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 wife is more impatient than me. She's grown her <laughs> she's grown her boutique in town, and and I love to sit back with all my wisdom. You know, I'm also 12 years older than her, and I'm telling her to slow down, be patient. And, uh, you know, that doesn't go over very well. But there's a special dude on my team. Today's his birthday, so I'm going to give a shout-out to the weatherman, Stephen Weathers. Well, happy birthday, Stephen. I battle battle decisions, and I battle believing in myself at times. Mm -hmm. I've got this one dude that believes in me so much. You know, I turn to him whenever I'm struggling, and he always provides logic for me to look at. And after I look at that logic, I'm like, okay, I feel better now. But I'm an emotional dude. I was raised by my mama. He calls me part female. So, I mean, if you're exposed to a woman growing up and that's all you have, you're, I'm probably more emotional. I'm more impatient. I bitch and complain about things that I shouldn't. But um, I think whenever I take a look back and I look at what we've accomplished this year, again, five years ago, I finally told somebody, one of these days I'm going to sell 100 homes. That's my goal. And I was selling like 30. You know, he's like, okay, really? And then <laughs> then like four or five years later, I hit the 100 homes, and this year we're going to hit about 160. I, I force myself into gratitude. Whenever I get impatient and whenever I start complaining and I start this little 
pity party. I, I look, I reflect, and I'm, I really give thanks to what I have. And that's not really the way I'm wired, so I've got to slow down and force myself to do that. Yeah, I'm always a big believer, too, in giving back and uh, you know, because I'm grateful for everything that we've accomplished and what we're planning to accomplish. And one of the give backs that we do is to give back to the uh, Wounded Warrior Project or of the like. Uh, some kind of a charity function through uh, all the efforts that we do within our our uh, our our division. So, what what's your form of give back? Is that with your family? Or it's is all that... about me. No, um, because of the way do I you grew... think. Do you think that's important? Oh yeah, I'm going to tell you my story about that. Um, I have a very soft spot for 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 uh, single moms because mm. my mom and I saw how hard that was. So. We uh, we do a lot for a uh, for first shot coach Andy Herzer in our town and I take a lot of pride in the fact that they come to me and they want me to help fundraise and um, we put a lot of effort into it and we we raise a lot of money for them and I know I know they really appreciate it but I go over there and well I went over this summer and we're feeding feeding these children that that may have been their only meal for the day mm-hmm. and I, I think about how lucky I am that that my life wasn't like that. So getting around these things, and again, it so much goes back to exposure. And um, I do think this, and this is very, this is a good question to ask people. Do you think you're lucky? Do you feel lucky? Hmm. I feel lucky because yeah. I feel like I'm lucky because I go over there and see what these kids are going through. They might not eat for a day. They may not even have a place to go to. So uh, I feel like I'm very lucky, even though I didn't grow up with a silver spoon or have have built-in networks that would make me a millionaire by the time I'm 25. I'm lucky, still lucky. Yeah, I, I was talking to a single mother the other day, and and she was really down on her luck, and and I, it just really struck a chord with me that she's trying to raise two kids, and and uh, she she's really working a part time job at best. Yeah, she gets a little child support and alimony, but. Um, that alimony is probably going to run out very soon. And, and, uh, so I'm listening to her and, uh, she was, she was really just down on her luck and, and, uh, she just felt like there was no way out, uh, on what she was going to do next. And just as I started talking with her and started just being a sounding board for her, you could see how all of a sudden the light bulb started going off and, she started not thinking in such a negative state. She started thinking about, well, this could be possible and I could make this change here or I could tweak that there. And man, I think sometimes, uh, you know, we as humans just, we get in these rabbit holes. We get in these rabbit holes and we just waller around and we just, uh, man, we can't get our, get ourselves out of it. Um, did you ever have any time frame like that? 2009 yeah about every day <laughs> so i love how he just knows exactly when and where and uh but, and, but those were great moments because i think after you turn 25 years old i think there's something in us that we start to the world started to beat you up a little bit mm-hmm. And you stop learning, so you're going to have to learn from a painful experience. And I know God put me through 2009 for a reason. That was his way of finally getting my attention because I was just – if that would not have happened, I would still be on a very, very mediocre path. There was – nothing shook me up. And going through that tough time, it was the worst 
thing during that time that I could go through. But I'm looking back, and I'm so appreciative that, that I went through it because it forced me to start paying attention to things. Because that was your silver lining. That was the silver positive lining, right? It was. I mean, and, and really, whenever I was t- uh, talking earlier or going through those questions, the uh, the arrogant part of me said, well, my what I'm the most proud of is this year. And as I thought more about it, I'm like, wait a minute. What I'm really the most proud of is the fact that I can go around and tell a story of a person that wasn't going anywhere. And I changed that. So if you're listening to this show right now and you've got a 10 – or or five ten or longer track record of being very very mediocre. That ain't who you're meant to be. You're, you're you're meant Amen. to be you're meant to be something a lot better than that. And I'm proof that. And I haven't accomplished anything near what I believe that I can. But I'm in a lot better place than I was. And the person that's listening to this, if you're doubting yourself right now, you, you've made the decision, but you can change that decision. You just got to get exposed to things that, that really help the way you look at yourself. Well, wow, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to finish up on that, Tommy. That was the perfect way to end this segment. And I very much appreciate you coming in here and sharing your story today. We, uh, we, we, uh, we really, we, I mean, he drove all the way up here for probably an hour, hour I drove and a half. 10 hours to get here. That's right. Well, that's what we're going to go with. And, uh, we appreciate you coming up here, spending some time with us. Uh, you're very inspirational. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we want to stay in touch with you. We know you got big things coming on the horizon and, uh, man, thank you so much for being well, here. Well, hey, I appreciate you, uh, having me up here, but I appreciate the fact that, you're going to reach somebody just like I got reached. Yes. I don't know when it's going to happen, but there's going to be people that are going to hear this. Maybe it's one person. Maybe, maybe. it's maybe it's 500 people. I don't know. But because of this idea that you had in the you, – you, you did not let your idea die. You created this idea. You put it into action. Somebody's going to hear it, and they're going to be very thankful. And you might not ever know who they were. They yep. might not ever tell you. But, see, you're helping change other people's life, and you might not ever know it. So – Thank you for doing that. No, thank you. We appreciate you. All right, so uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. Uh, or actually, our episodes will come out every two weeks, I'm being told. And uh, we always want you to uh, follow our podcast and uh, make sure that you give us that great five-star review at the very end if you have that opportunity and can do so. Uh, that's how we will continue uh doing what we do and sharing all our stories out to the world. And we'll just keep bringing in awesome guests like we've had here today with Mr. Tommy Davidson, GTT. Good time, Tommy. And we do thank him so much and uh, have a great day. Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc., NMLS 3094. James Harper, Division Manager, Primary Residential Mortgage, Hendersonville, Tennessee, NMLS 71317-131, Saundersville Road, Suite 140, Hendersonville, Tennessee 37075. Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc. is an equal housing lender. Some products and services may not be available in all states. Credit and collateral are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. Programs, rates, terms, and conditions are subject to change and are subject to borrowers qualification.